Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Buck Sexton Show. We are in it. We are in the fight, as expected. Here we are trying to figure out who the next president of the United States will be days after the election. Now, we all remember what happened in 2000. That stretched on for weeks into January. But this feels quite a bit different, doesn't it? There's social media that shows all kinds of possible fraud going on. In fact, if you look online, you'll see people sharing what seems to be documents, evidence proving that there are dead people who somehow voted in Michigan. Or unless you really think there are 120, 130 year olds who are voting in that state. That there are ballots that magically appear at just the right moment and a not just majority, but 80, 90, maybe even 100 percent of them go for Joe Biden. It has yet to be the case from what I've seen that there's been a single instance of magically found ballots that all go for Trump. And we are supposed to believe this is all a coincidence. In fact, what we are told now by the Democrats is respect the system obey what the people in charge tell you to do don't question don't undermine this is about our sacred democracy oh so they're accusing us of being conspiracy theorists what they're saying is that you have no evidence for this the problem is that we do have evidence And the additional problem is that we can also deduce, we can also analyze, we can look at the trends and see a clear pattern. And it's really the other side that is asking conspiracies to be believed. This is all just happenstance. This is just always going in one direction, kind of like the polls that we saw. They were all skewed toward Joe Biden. Why would that be the case? Gee, I don't know. But now you're hearing these exhortations. You're you're having these appeals to good faith and decency for the sake of our democracy. That's what they're telling us, the Democrats. And to that, I say, this is war, friends, and we are wartime conservatives. That's what they haven't recognized about the Trump movement. We tried the other way. We tried the we'll take the higher road. We'll be gentle in our political battles and and always appeal to the other side in the hopes that maybe they'll start reading Friedrich Hayek and learn about the road to serfdom. Maybe they'll start picking up some Milton Friedman or, I don't know, John Locke or you name it, political philosophy that's not Karl Marx. Maybe they'll just open their minds a little bit and they'll see the error of their collectivist scorched earth tactics in politics. That was a fantasy. We saw it with Trump. We saw it for many of us as a result of the effort to destroy Brett Kavanaugh, one of the most grotesquely horrific character assassination campaigns I've ever seen. And the only people that were a part of it were either completely immoral or absolute morons. There is no third option. They knew or they should have known that there was no evidence, no corroboration, and no sane reason to believe that Brett Kavanaugh was any of the things he was accused of during that confirmation battle in 2018. But
But we saw that they, the left, did not care. It didn't matter. They engaged in a ritualized torture session on live TV in front of millions of Americans, all for the benefit of their own power. It didn't stop them one bit that they were ruining a good man, a husband, a father, a great legal jurist, somebody who should be elevated in our society. They tried to destroy because he stood in the way of what they wanted. And then there's Trump. What is Trump's magic power? What's his X factor? How is he different than what we've seen before in the Republican Party? When they play these games, when the media says these are the rules that we've established, I don't mean constitutional rules or laws. I mean rules of the road, of conduct in politics, of how you get to talk to the media, of how you get to respond to your critics in the Democrat Party. Trump looks at them and says, no, not going to play the game by the rules that not only you make, but that you constantly change on a whim. Libs, not going to do it. And I'm going to give back everything you give to me and then some. You're going to slap me. I'm going to throw a punch. You're going to try to ambush me. I'm going to come around on your flank and finish you off. That's the Trump approach to politics. And that's why he has started a movement. Because it is the other side. Don't ever forget this. It is the left that has broken norms. It is the left that for four years lied about the president of the United States being a traitor. Being a Russian asset, a pawn of the Kremlin who stole a U.S. presidential election. For four years, they used this as a club against Trump and all of his supporters. And they were serious. They weren't just saying this in the newspapers. They got a special counsel investigation. They wanted prison sentences for Trump, his family members, his advisors, based on a lie. A lie that, again, only the dishonest or the dumb as dirt could believe. And now they want to talk to us about not believing conspiracy theories. Now the left thinks the Democrat Party believes they're going to get away with lecturing us about good faith. This is laughable, friends. I can't guarantee you that we will achieve victory in this battle. I can't tell you what the outcome will be at this stage. But I do know that moral appeals from our political opponents who have completely absolved themselves of any morality or dignity in the way they conduct their politics when the stakes are really high, that should not influence your thinking in the least. Do you really believe it's an accident that right now the tech giants, the tech oligarchs, are limiting what you're allowed to see, are throttling or shadow banning or just straight up blocking People like me from being able to reach you and share information with you. You think that they hadn't thought about this beforehand? Remember, in 2016, Google and Facebook, these companies had to have adult cry sessions after Trump beat Hillary Clinton. You think they've got a different mentality now? No. In fact, when they would return to, you know, the the Bay Area or Brooklyn or wherever they're online engineers and social media influencers and all the rest of them live when they when they would go among their peer group they were the the targets of scorn why didn't you do more why wouldn't you guys block all the fake news how'd you let russia buy those few ads on facebook that must have thrown the election you guys didn't do enough it's your fault trump won you don't think that had an impact
You really think that the CEOs of any of these companies are willing to stand up to the woke? That they're willing to stand up to the people in their midst who are absolutists and seek the destruction of anybody who does not share their every ideal and plan? Friends, we are in a battle for control of the presidency, but also for the future of this country with a Democrat party that has embraced an ideology of leftist totalitarianism. They don't have the power yet to be fully tyrannical, and I'm not saying they do. But their ideology leads down a pathway to that, and the incrementalism that they constantly show us indicates that that's what they're trying to do. That's what they want to accomplish. So when they turn around with a smile on their face and say, come on, everybody, let's let the networks call these races in these battleground states. Let's not let's not spread disinformation about the outcome of this election. This is about our sacred democracy. The founding fathers are watching us and they would want the system to work. I look at them and I want to respond. And I do. I thought the founding fathers were a bunch of old, dead, white racists. Now you're going to cite the founding fathers in some kind of emotional appeal to make me stand back and not question the obvious fraud. That's right. Fraud that is occurring in this election. Friends, it would be mind blowing if there wasn't fraud going on in this election. You really think that one hundred and sixty million votes are out there and they're all uh, signed by the person that cast the vote, handed in by the deadline, somebody who actually lives in the state or is registered in the state properly. You really think that's the case? Of course not. So what's the problem with trying to ensure the greatest degree of accuracy and veracity of all this voting? Well, we all know the problem. Democrats play games and cheat and lie. We see it with Russia collusion. We saw it with Kavanaugh. We see it with Hunter Biden and the suppression of that laptop right before the election. The lies about Trump saying that he doesn't respect the military. How many more examples do I have to go through? The lie that that Trump said there were good people on both sides referring to neo-Nazis. How many times do they have to show you that they have the brass knuckles on and have broken the glass bottles in half and are coming for you before we as conservatives decide it's time for a palm strike to the nose. Metaphorically speaking. How many times, friends? We know who they are. We know what they're trying to do. I can't guarantee you that there will be victory, but I can guarantee you that unless we adopt the posture of wartime conservatism, that is one of the great gifts of the Trump movement, That mentality, that sensibility, that belief that we do have to fight, that it's not just going to happen. It's not going to be handed to us if we play nice with the other side. If we abandon that at this juncture, Biden will be the next president of the United States. That I'm certain of. The other option. The other option, friends, is to dig in and fight in every way that we can. Shields high. Thanks for listening to the best of Buck daily podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. Only three presidential campaigns in the past 
have defeated an incumbent president. When it's finished, God willing, we'll be the fourth. This is a major achievement. This is a major achievement. Hopefully, there's still only three. <laughs> Hopefully, Joe Biden is not able to, to be added to that list. But as I was saying to you, we better understand what the other side's mentality is here. And that's what I want. I want to be vocalizing as much as possible, because if if we fall into this complacency where we think, oh, conservatives, for example, we don't riot, we don't loot. So nobody has to worry about conservatives doing that. So maybe the other side won't do that either. No, Democrats, Biden voters loot and riot and burn things down and do crazy stuff. We know this. It's consistent. They won't get rid of it. They won't uh, condemn it. So we're not the same. Our approach, our mentality is not the same. We're, we're not on the on the even level playing field in terms of ethics. We're not on an even playing field in terms of what. And remember, they, the Democrats love to say that their problem is they don't fight hard enough. Uh, I, I think that the Trump administration that was completely uh, you know, ambushed with the Mueller probe would disagree. I think they disagree that the lies the media perpetuated to get that probe started and then continued on without any evidence, without any real support for it. I think that shows that, no, they're willing to do whatever the heck they have to do at any cost, at any price. They want to win. They want power. Think about the things that you're hearing from Democrats, the rhetoric that they use. Trump is a fascist, they say. Trump is trying to destroy our democracy. Trump is a, is a threat to the very sanctity of our institutions. And this, you know, is not a few people. This is not a fallacy of composition. I'm not elevating somebody from nowhere and saying, look at what this person, they do that. You know, every four years when there's a presidential election, we have to hear that David Duke has voted for the Republican. And every Republican I know is like the Klan is a bunch of abject loser morons that barely exists anymore. Thank God. And they're disgusting and they're worthy of being spit on, although I don't condone assaulting people. But you know what I'm saying? This is this is nonsense. This is nonsense. Uh, and yet. Did you hear that Richard Spencer, the uh, noted white nationalist, voted for Joe Biden, apparently? No, you didn't hear that. Why? Because it didn't help the media narrative. And I could sit here and say he probably did it so that people would talk about him and that that guy's a scumbag. And who cares? Right. Because it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything because the guy's a loser. But those are the games that they play. They elevate that which does not matter if it helps them. And they suppress that which could matter. And you saw this with the Hunter Biden laptops. Right? They are dishonest constantly absolutely constantly dishonest and now I, i'm warning you they're going to appeal to your your honesty right remember that great quote from frank herbert children of dune uh, the from the sci-fi novel you know when i am weak i ask for freedom because it is according to your rules when i am strong i take your freedom because it is according to my rules that if you're trying to understand the Democrat political mentality in one phrase, 
That's the collectivist Democrat authoritarian model. That's one of the more brilliant phrases I can think of. That's what they're doing right now. Come on, guys, let's just let every vote should be counted. Every vote should be counted, they keep saying. What about illegal votes? Should those votes be counted? Ah, but the slogan just drowns out all these questions. What about any voter integrity issues? What about ballots that aren't really filled out properly? Or, you know, they checked my signature against the signature they had on file when I went to vote. If people didn't sign their ballots, are we to say that that doesn't matter anymore? The rules don't matter. You know, there are all kinds of rules out there. Why do we even just allow voting for citizens? Uh, Other people are human beings, too. Well, because we have laws and because we've agreed on these things. But, you know, you could make the whole system arbitrary if you want to. Why have laws at all about voting? You know, free for all. Whoever shows up, 10 year olds, you know, four nationals, who cares? Show up, vote, right? No, we have age restrictions, residency restrictions. We have a system in place and the system does not matter unless the rules are adhered to and enforced. And that's the part of it that they want to leave off the table. They want this to be a free for all because they know in the aggregate there are more ideological warriors on the left who are willing to go to the mat and do stuff that is shady and or illegal to win this election and they're going to keep looking at you and saying hold on hold on let's respect the process let's not get ahead of ourselves we just want to see that every vote is counted and then the moment that you point out that five thousand ballots were found in a dumpster all for joe biden they'll say suppress that block him come on twitter come on facebook shut him down shut him down Oh, I thought this was all about our sacred democracy. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. Okay, let's take a deep dive into what's happening in some of these battleground areas and also a little bit of a postmortem from election night about the turnout game and any lessons learned already. For that, we turn to our friend Ryan Godusky. He is the author of They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the national populist revolution ryan great to have you back man thank you for having me again so let's first start with what are you seeing i know you're following this very closely what are you seeing in the specific battleground states where these legal challenges and all the alleged ballot shenanigans are going on well what can you tell us about pennsylvania and georgia first Okay, so Georgia, Trump looked like he had a comfortable margin at first. They had, uh, as of 6 o'clock this morning, they had 25,000 votes left, only 5,000 from Fulton County, which is the area of Atlanta. It looked like he was going to pull out a narrow victory. And then they announced that they have 35,000 more uh, ballots statewide. So they have between 50 and 60. Some counties counties underreported by 100% of how many absentee ballots they are. It's not all terrible. A large portion of those are in Trump-friendly counties. A lot do come from Savannah. Savannah is, I think it's called Chetworth County. That is the county where they told Republican poll watchers that they were going to stop counting votes and to go home, and then they continued counting them. And that's where the state of Georgia is currently suing that county for their shenanigans on election night. Um, So it's, it's not looking great for the president in Georgia, but it's not as terrible as if they were all coming out of 
out of Atlanta. Over in Pennsylvania, the court has ruled the the ballot watchers. I've been speaking to ballot poll watchers inside Philadelphia for the last 24, 48 hours. They are now forced to stand behind a barricade 10 to 15 feet from where the uh, where the ballots are being actually counted and tabulated and sorted. Their fear, and I don't have any evidence, so I don't want anyone getting ahead of themselves, but their fear is they don't know and they can't tell if any of these votes are being counted twice, if there's overcounting going on. Um, and usually, in every other case, they have poll watchers looking over the shoulders of the people sorting the polls. They're 15 feet back. They can't see them. They were also, in certain poll sites, they were kicked out of the voting uh, of, of watching the voting of watching the voting tally happen um a court i think it was the appellate court in pennsylvania ruled that they are they have to be allowed um and then i think they went on a lunch break right after that here's the essential problem right now biden staff biden has lawyered up and he lawyered up way before election day the trump campaign did not have enough lawyers on the ground in any major state they just didn't. It was a lot of inexperienced people and a lot of people who did not, you know, prepare for a 24 hour, you know, fight where they were going to be up all night long sitting there and doing this. This is the problem that happened in Wisconsin. Wisconsin came out in the middle of the night and 3.30 in the morning and counted 100,000 votes, almost all for Joe Biden. This was after they announced they had stopped counting. So these numbers, I don't want to sit there and say they're illegitimate. They could be completely valid, valid votes. I don't know. No one knows. And the problem is they're not letting Republican pollsters in there and poll watchers in there. And they're and the and the Trump campaign at the very beginning did not have enough lawyers there to sit there and make challenges immediately as it was going on. Now, it's it's not contested then at this point or rather it's a matter of reported fact. What you said about places that, for example, in, in Savannah, that part of Georgia, they yes, said go is, home is, and then they counted and then they counted more ballots after so that that happened that did 100 percent happen yes and now they're suing over those ballots but we don't know we don't because there was no one there we don't know if a ballot was destroyed if extra ballots were brought in we do not know and the poll watchers were told to go home to stop counting usually in my experience and i've been on campaigns since i was 19 years old i'm 34 now um or 33 now rather um the the you don't leave until they leave, until the lights are out, until the door's locked, and you sit in your car for an extra hour. There was not, there was really no game plan or training. Also, the Georgia GOP has made a serious error in how they were handling COVID. In New York City, in New York State, a uh, state of similar size to Georgia, we all had to sign. We don't have voter ID laws, but we have to sign to sit there and validate our vote. If the signature doesn't match and it's off by a lot, that can be fought out in the courts if it needs to be in a tight election of being invalidated signatures and, and people voting that don't match their signatures. Georgia decided this year because of COVID, they didn't want ha have to have people sign. So no one signed. People just showed up with an ID. That is extremely, extremely, extremely problematic in the case of a tight fight we don't know whether or not people are going for go for other people uh what the situation was at all by not having a signature to at least back up the id it's extremely problematic and it was a major flaw on behalf of the georgia gop speaking of ryan gurdusky and he is an author and a guy who understands the political game and how this stuff all goes 
um, about the the issue here of the Midwest. You have some thoughts on what's going on in Michigan, Wisconsin. First, I mean, is, is it your belief that those states, even with the legal challenges that are underway or that may still come, those states are lost and that there's something? It, it we- seems like Michigan has lost. Wisconsin is going to be a very, very, very hard fought fight to sit there and do it because, as I said, these hundred thousand ballots came at 3.30 in the morning, and there was a huge uptick all of a sudden in voting. I will say this of, of Wisconsin, because that is the state I paid attention to the most. Wisconsin had a nearly 90% turnout statewide. It is close to unprecedented, if not unprecedented itself. Huge turnout, not just in the inner cities, but also in Trump counties. Out of the 23 counties that Trump flipped from Obama in 2012 to Trump in 2016, he improved in 22 of those 23 counties. He improved remarkably, and they had 90% turnout or above in 22 of the 23. Tremendous. I mean, they could not have polled more. Here's where the entire campaign that Jared Kushner put together was ill thought out. In the Midwest, in in the nation as a whole, there are 44 million non-college educated white Americans who are not registered to vote. In the state of Wisconsin alone, it is 900,000. In Pennsylvania, it's 2.6 million. Ohio has 2.5 million. And Michigan has 2 million. That is the Trump base. Those are Trump voters if they were registered to vote. In those 23 counties that Trump got a a much larger vote turnout, those Obama counties, voter registration declined by 8,000. There was 8,000 fewer voters in those 23 counties, even though population went up. So Jared ran this very aggressive and successful, mind you, campaign on Hispanic and black voters, and that paid off big time in Florida, big time in Texas, and we'll see in Nevada or, or Arizona. But he had an amazing get out the vote effort on the part of reaching out to Hispanics, not trying to register 10 percent of non-college educated whites who are not registered to vote, 44 million nationwide. And in the important Midwestern states, it's eight million by not trying to register 10 percent of them. That is what's going to cost them this election, because there's no amount of voter fraud, no amount of shenanigans, nothing that would have competed if he would have registered 10 percent of the 900,000. It wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered what happened. And that is the ultimate flaw right now of the entire Trump reelection campaign, not focusing enough on the working white class. Tell me about the ongoing rolling absentee ballot issue. So it depends on what states every state is different. Right. On what what their absentee ballot laws are. Some have to be delivered by the day after Election Day. Some are allowed two days. Some are allowed three days. Some some of these I I live in New York City. I spoke to people, you know, in the know in New York yesterday. I asked them, how many ballots are you getting day after election? And they said very few. For some reason, in these states, we are seeing a large amount in the number of tens of thousands coming in day after election. Once again, could be completely legitimate ballots. A hundred percent. I don't know. But they are having rolling high turnout absentee ballots out of these places. I'll say one more thing about Milwaukee. There's been a lot of people talking about how Milwaukee had higher turnout than they had voter registration. That is true in several precincts. But people need to remember that Wisconsin has day of voter registration. 
So people could go to the polls that day and just register. And it looks like they probably did in Milwaukee. Still, having 120% turnout in some of these precincts is incredibly high. And it is a little suspicious, and the DOJ should look into that. The only chance they have in really looking at these states right now is looking for double ballot, double voting, and looking to sit there and see if the signatures match. I know in Nevada it should be a huge issue. In Wisconsin it should be a huge issue. They should go there and say, do the signatures actually match the person? In Michigan, there's been several cases now, documented cases, of dead people voting and dead people on the registration. I was about to ask you about that. There are definitely dead person votes that have happened, right? There is definitely dead person votes. Primarily, they've shown in Michigan, because Michigan, you can look up if a ballot was cast by the name. And so far, they've looked up. One guy was born in the 1800s. <laughs> Several other people are long dead. Oh there God. are votes coming out of it. Even Dave Wasserman, who is a liberal, and he's generally wrong about everything. Even Dave Wasserman said he finds it incredibly strange that Detroit, a city that is declining in population every single year and did not have automatic voter uh, mailers coming to them, had an 11 percent increase in the number of raw votes coming from 2016. They had a declining population and they had an 11 percent increase in overall voting. That is quite that's that's a large 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 number out of out of wayne county in detroit if somebody was going to cheat let me just ask you this based on what we've seen here what would be the most effective way to cheat in this cycle if somebody was doing that you know war game it for me from the bad guy perspective well i mean the easiest way to cheat is to sit there and get an absentee ballot and fill it out for somebody and mail it in for Signatures don't have to. If you're, if the, if no one's checking the signatures and they don't match, doesn't really matter. You can effectively collect people's absentee ballots and and vote for so them. So ballot harv like so you could have somebody who ballot harvests absentees. That's not ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting. No, no, I, I know, but I'm saying you you could have somebody who goes around and takes a bunch of absentee ballots, harvesting those ballots, and then sends them in. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean that's that's easy because there's no evidence, there's no proof. There's also I mean if you wanted to cheat, if somebody was ballot harvesting taking ballots from people before they get into the poll sites this is all before they enter the poll sites when they get in once they get into them and also voting for somebody if you don't have a secure form of a voting id voting for somebody absolutely an easy way to sit there and cheat the process the big fear in a lot of these places and it's not like we have never had you know people steal elections before in 1960 kennedy stole the election from nixon so it's not like we've never seen this before um, the old machine way of politics is really kind of outdated. That doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but the, I, the the fact that they are not allowing Republican poll watchers in any of these deeply Democratic areas um, is troublesome. And they're, the DOJ should immediately look into it. And these rolling absentees, people need to double check on who's voting, how they're voting, if they are even living in the state. The, pre- the Trump administration's um, the Trump administration sat there and said that 10 percent of the Nevada votes are people who don't live in the state anymore. We saw with automatic voter registration, voter, voter, not registration, automatic uh, absentee ballots being delivered to people, that people were getting ballots for people who had not lived at the residency for some time. So that could absolutely be the case. That should 100% be checked out right now in any state that did, that did automatic absentees. Um, all those things need to be looked at immediately uh, because that would be the absolute easiest way to sit there and swing an election for or against the president. 
Ryan Gruduski, everybody. This guy knows his stuff. Check out his book. Um, I, I highly recommend you pick it up now. It's available on Amazon. Uh, they're not listening. How the elites created the national populist revolution. Ryan, thanks so much for your time, man. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. So let's let me be abundantly clear. First of all, this is a meritless, frivolous lawsuit and really just an attempt to sow seeds of doubt about the integrity of our well-established election process and protocols you know, right at the moment when we anticipated a lot of misinformation was going to target our state from the minute the polls closed to the minute we were about to and, and get very close to having that full tabulation. So uh, recognize it for what it is, an attempt to confuse and obfuscate what actually is a very uh, transparent, secure process in Michigan. That's the Michigan Secretary of State uh, Benson on the Trump lawsuit to stop the ballot counting currently underway there. And let me just say, Michigan (laughs) yesterday had a had a uh, ballot counting center for absentee ballots board up the windows. I mean, put barriers on the windows so that nobody could look in to see what was going on. Now, I'm just going to remind the libs out there of some of the arguments that we've uh, had to have in the past about these things. Liberals love to talk about transparency, right? And they even love to talk about how if you've got nothing to hide, what's the problem? You know, why, why not sit down with Mueller's team of attack dogs, Democrat attack dogs for hours and hours and hours. You got nothing to hide, right? Afraid of a little transparency. They're calling these lawsuits frivolous. They're saying that there's no problem. Okay, well, let's see. Let's see. Let's open up the books. Because as we all know, you can't wait on this stuff. Once you have a presidential declaration, and if it seems like it's all said and done, you're going to go back in six months and do a recount then when you've already sworn in President Biden? I don't think so. It's got to be now. It's got to be now. And in legal terms, you call this injunctive relief, right? You got to stop something before the harm happens. And yet you have so many people now who are making these arguments to suggest that Republicans are uh, doing something terrible and wrong by saying that they want to stop the count. Stopping the count of illegal votes would be the required thing to do for a free and fair election. Stopping the count of votes not cast by the election, for example, would be another issue. I mean, that Pennsylvania thinks it can extend the federal election day a few days by not having proof of a postmark is probably going to go up to the Supreme Court. That's the kind of thing that courts exist to decide. Sorry, Pennsylvania, you get to make a lot of decisions, but you don't get to move federal election day. So we'll see what ends up. I remember that was a 4-4 decision. Very narrow in the first place. So now we shall see how that one shakes out. But there are plenty of places where we've already had, this was in Philadelphia, it was in Atlanta. It's always Democrat strongholds where this is the problem. And I point this out and, oh, they block my tweets and there's problems. It's always in those places where we have a situation, uh, a situation that they can't allow poll watchers in. It's in those states. It's in those cities 
why aren't Republican poll watchers allowed to be there? If they're misbehaving in some way, if they're breaking the law, well, then call the police. That's a separate issue. But why would you want to block poll watchers? There's a very clear effort here to prevent the transparency that liberals are so fond of talking about about whenever it's suiting their interests. You know, where are Trump's tax returns? There's so many things you point to. What are you hiding? What are you hiding? Ah, and this is the classic whenever a Republican or a conservative or anybody uh, pleads the fifth on anything. It's oh, this person's guilty. And whenever a Democrat does that same thing, it's just exercising their constitutional rights. (laughs) We all understand the double standard. It's ridiculous. But this uh, legal battle is going to escalate. And it is a it is a shame that we didn't have a big winner on election night. I think that would have been better for the country overall, because understand this, whoever wins, the other side is not going to accept it. They may not be able to stop it, but there's not going to be an acceptance of it. Now, for conservatives, that means that we'll say, well, we think Biden cheated, but if he ends up getting through this process and getting Uh, Getting sworn in as president of the United States, if that ends up happening, well, then there will be the issue of trying to stop him and trying to limit his ability to ruin the country. If if Trump wins, they will go completely insane. I mean, the left will make what they've been doing all summer, I think, look like a picnic. I mean, they're going to just. Everything that they can do, because because in their minds, remember, they think that the president has stolen the election twice. They think this would be the second time around that the president of the United States, who is a Republican, in this case, Donald Trump, managed to cheat to have the most powerful job, the most powerful position in the whole world. They believe that. Now, I know you and I can sit here and say, ah, come on. This is this is crazy talk, right? Yes. Yes, it is. But that doesn't matter. So was Russia collusion for four years. That was insane. Russia collusion talk was nuts. And we all know it, but they believed it. In fact, they still believe it. Never forget when I was on the Bill Maher show and I said, is there was there Russia collusion that people at the table, all Democrats and Bill, they all sneered. Yes, there was. Oh, I'm sorry. So the Mueller probe was a fix, too, because they found no Russia collusion whatsoever. None. Zero. And there were a bunch of Democrats who were desperate to find something to destroy the president of the United States with, to throw more of his advisors into prison with. General Flynn still languishing in our court system because of Trump derangement syndrome in the form of a judge. But also in the prosecutors who initially were part of the Mueller probe that brought the charge against him. That's what they're trying to do. That's the way they play the game. And now they turn around and say to us, hey, why are you guys being so rough? Why why are you trying to fight and bring all these lawsuits? You know who brought all the lawsuits in 2000? Al Gore, the Democrats. And this time around, we're supposed to accept that on election night, Trump was winning. We wake up the next morning. There's all these ballots that are being found that overwhelmingly support Biden. And you're not supposed to ask any questions. In fact, they won't let you ask the questions. That's where we are. It's gone beyond, hey, we have a 
uh, we have an, an issue here. Can we can we hash this out to you're not even allowed to write this stuff or they'll block you. They'll suppress you. I mean, the people that are coming after me with such ferocity. Why am I not allowed to have my opinion about? I mean, they hate me because they know who I am. But why can't I share an opinion about concerns of voter integrity without my timeline filling up with with blue checks, with journos, people with platforms? Who are, um, you know, making all kinds of complaints here about how I'm a terrible person and I'm undermining our democracy because I'm pointing out what's obvious, that there are things that are happening here that at least require additional scrutiny. I mean, Arizona was called for Biden by Fox News, and now it's clear it absolutely should not have been called for Biden on that night. If they end up being right in the end uh, about that call, they're just lucky. And there's a very real possibility that the Republicans will flip Arizona into the red column when all the legally cast votes are counted. And that is the key phrase. It's not count all the votes. I, I will tell you right now, when it comes to suppressing the votes of people born in 1880 today, suppressing their vote, I'm OK with that. When it comes to suppressing the votes of people who have been dead for 30 years, I, I, I don't think that makes me a bad person or suppressing the votes of people who somehow have voted two, three, whoever knows how many times or voted in a state that they don't actually live in. I would have loved to be able to send in a ballot to help out my Republican brothers and sisters in Pennsylvania. But I live in the Communist People's Republic of New York City. But I could have voted. I'm a U.S. citizen. So why can't I vote in Pennsylvania? Because we have rules. And we either believe in all of the rules and the enforcement thereof, or we believe in the selective application based upon political necessity, which means free for all. So the Democrat position is free for all until they win. The Republican position is let's actually look at what has happened, what the rules are, apply them fairly and evenly and see who won. And if at the end of this, we do get a full accounting, we do we do get the access we need and we can't make the case, which is a different thing from saying it didn't happen. We can't make the case that Joe Biden uh, only was ahead because of cheating in these places. Well, I'll accept I'll accept a loss if I believe a loss is merited here. I'm not saying that's impossible, but I'm saying I'm not accepting it until I know that's what happened. And that's the wartime conservative mentality we all have to have right now. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. And now, after a long night of counting, it's clear that we're winning enough states to reach 270 electoral votes needed to win the presidency. I'm not here to declare that we've won. But I am here to report when the count is finished, we believe we will be the winners. We believe we'll be the winners. OK. Trump says they think they won, but he said it that way in the Trumpian way. And it's a threat to our democracy. It's like he was lighting the Constitution on fire. But when Joe Biden says if when the votes are counted, we will have won because of that of that conditional carve out uh it's it's fine what he says is fine no problem it's all great sure 
He's also telling us that he's going to be a uniter. And I, I want to address this for a little bit here. The notion of Joe Biden as a uniter under the circumstances. Play 12 here. But I also know this as well. To make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. We are not enemies. What brings us together as Americans is so much stronger than anything that can tear us apart. So let me be clear. I, we are campaigning as a Democrat, but I will govern as an American president. The, pres the presidency itself is not a partisan institution. It's the one office in this nation that represents everyone. And it demands a duty of care for all Americans. And that is precisely what I will do. Yeah. Just like the Obama administration was all about all Americans, right? Not about elections have consequences. Deal with it, Republicans. Sorry, my way or the highway. I got a pen and a phone. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. You can't stop me. The media is in my pocket. What are you going to say about it? For eight years, and Joe Biden was a part of that administration, the vice president. Now he wants to be Mr. Uh, you know, jolly old grandpa that we can all count on, wants to bounce us all on his knee and have him touch my blonde leg hair from the sun and talk to corn pop, man. I was no joke, man. I was out back and I had a I had a chain and corn pop had this rusty, you know, this thing, man. And I said, corn pop. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I suffer depression. I speak Biden, too. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way that it is. I mean, I do remember getting I feel a few times drunk enough in college that I did speak Biden. It's a little bit like what you uh, what you'd hear from the old Star Wars with Jabba the Hutt. That's that's a little bit what uh, what Biden Bidenism speaks like. Bad yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that one, too. But yeah, he's going to govern as an American president. He's going to just kind of yell, you know, all the time. And his phrases will kind of just trail off. No apparent reason. He's going to have a cadence just like this. You know, no joke, man. No joke. Period. Yeah, sure. That's what's going to happen, folks. Um, the problem that Biden's going to come up against, if in fact he does become the president, which is something we do have to take seriously, and it is even probable right now. Doesn't mean it's done. I'm fighting for Trump. I told you we're in the trench. But, you know, just because you're in the trench doesn't mean that uh, the Germans aren't going to overrun the trench. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I mean, that's the reality. But we're in that trench. We're going to fight. We're a fight till the end. Um, Biden represents a party that wants to use the levers of power to the maximum. You'll, you'll notice that the things... The things that Democrats want aren't going to be things that I would say in, in any event. Oh, yeah, that will make my life or your life better. It's not as though they want to focus on certain things that if they accomplish, it'll make life better for you and me. And so we'll be the beneficiaries in some ways of a Democrat presidency. No, it's not the case at all. In fact, if anything, you're more likely to see the kind of international entanglements and the interventionist 
mentality from the elites that's led to which Republicans absolutely have been guilty of to in the past, but not Trump. But has led to military engagements abroad and long and continued and sustained uh, occupations of foreign countries that we don't want to be in anymore. You're going to have higher taxes. Everybody's going to have higher taxes, which is not going to be a good thing, not going to make you happy. So there's a lot of problems here. There's really no upside. There's nothing I can point to about a Biden presence. Oh, may, maybe, maybe for those of you that are really into uh, more drugs, I know that, uh, was it o- Oregon decriminalized all drugs, cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin. So that's really going to be helpful for that place. Uh, they already have, I mean this, Portland, Oregon has a, a pandemic of mental illness that's happening right now and that's playing out before our eyes with people who are Biden voters and who are Antifa. They, they have a, they're deranged. I mean, they've got a problem. They need, I, I mean, they need, need clinical medical assistance. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like the berserkers from old, from old Viking times. And the berserkers would get themselves up into a religious inspired frenzy. And they thought they were doing this on behalf of, of Odin and that they would go to Valhalla, you know, their version of the great, a kind of heaven for heroes, uh, and they would run into battle uh, pretty much naked and put, you know, paint, paint their bodies with different things. And they were actually fierce warriors, because if you run in there and you're all all jazzed up and decide that you're going to swing that axe around and you don't care if you live or die. In fact, you're hoping that somebody punches your ticket because you're going to go to Valhalla and get to hang out with all the Valkyries. Hey, oh, Valkyries. Yeah. Uh, you're a pretty, pretty effective warrior. Antifa is also crazed. I mean, these people are nuts. They're not as brave or as useful as berserkers, of course. But uh, what they do has value to the Democrat Party because we know that at any event where there's a college conservative, where any college event where there's a conservative speaker, at, you know, anytime there's going to be a political outcome that the left doesn't like, they can count on their Antifa berserkers, in a sense, to take to the streets, to light things on fire, to throw things at cops. I mean, there was a there was a woman. This was in New York City in the West Village, and there's video of it. There was a, a woman who I think she's from a, a small town in Pennsylvania. And I don't know if she's here studying or, you know, who knows? People come to New York for all kinds of stuff. This must be in her 20s. And she right up in the face of an NYPD officer who's done nothing to her. He's just standing there observing and making sure that laws are uh, laws are respected by this group that did not respect laws. They lit things on fire. They engaged in vandalism, you know, the whole thing. Disorderly conduct. And she looks at him and calls. She sort of spits out the word fascist in his face. And this is right on video. I mean, you see it. And then. Uh, I don't want to say it, basically just, just hoxalugi. I think that's the, the technical term right in this cop's face. Just spits with, you know, really kind of I don't want to get too gross again, but I mean, really searches around for a good one and spits right in his face on video. If you're going to tell me that that, you know, 130 pound, 25 uh, year old woman is not out of her mind and needs medical assistance for her mental health issues apart from the fact that she's an ardent biden voter i don't know what to tell you 
This is a it is a pandemic of mental illness from these people who are radicalized leftists. We're seeing it all over the place. I mean, if I knew somebody who had done that to a police officer, I I, I would first of all, <laughs> that's not somebody I would spend any time around or near. But I would assume that that person really needs to be institutionalized. Honestly, I mean, really needs serious um, psychological psychiatric assistance. And this is like standard operating procedure for thousands and thousands of ardent RBG loving Biden voting Kamala Harris worshiping leftists. We're supposed to not pay attention to this. This is not an observable fact that should put people on edge a little bit. What the heck is going on here? But friends, as you know, they'd rather you just ignored all of this. They'd rather that you think that this is on both sides. I mean, that's of all the lies out there. That's among my my least my least favorite. I don't like any of the lies, but that's the one that really bothers me. In, in a special category, um, they just lie and lie and lie again about so many things. But the pretense that our side does what their side does is just beyond. I mean, this is just beyond the pale. Come on. Uh, where, where have there been any riots? They had to call in the National Guard in Portland. And for every person who was rioting and every person who was the justification for that National Guard being called in. There was not, I guarantee you, not a single Trump-supporting registered Republican in the group. And a lot of Biden supporters, and people not, not only who vote for Biden, but who are part of the activist community that's working professionally to support Joe Biden. You know, there are social workers who are also, you know, online and active in groups that are trying to, you know, elevate socialist policies for the Democrat Party to implement in this country, right? These are people, this is a big part of their identity. It's who they are. And Joe Biden is going to be their president. Now, I know he's going to be the president for everybody. If he wins, if he wins, we're just, we're you know, we're looking at the future pathways here. But if Joe Biden wins, he is going to be a president that is representing the interests of the lunatics in Portland more than he's representing the interests of people that wear MAGA hats and want a country run by common sense. I really wish that the Trump administration, I mean, now it's there's a lot of, of second guessing that's going to go on about this campaign. But just that notion of, the, of, of Trump running a common sense presidency. We've let the left hijack that that term so they can apply it to gun control. And then that, and, and it's not common sense at all. The stuff that they're talking about on gun control is idiotic. It wouldn't help anybody. And it's an infringement on Second Amendment rights. But we've let them get away with with using that terminology with with, you know, applying it to to their side only when really one of the great things about the Trump presidency is the overwhelmingly common sense approach that it takes to so many things. You know, yeah, it, it's it's a a rational position to think about Americans interests as the American government before the interests of the rest of the world. You know that Trump came in and thought what I can do for the American people is more important than what the U.N. You know, General Assembly vote would show me that that's a revolutionary thought tells you so much that that approach is so different from what we had had in this country before under particularly under Democrats, but even somewhat under Republicans. It tells you a lot about where we are right now. 
and where we're going if we don't pull out a final Trump victory, which I certainly hope we do.